0: Welcome to Monroe Mustangs. I'm your host, David Spiegel. With me today, the assistant coach for the Monroe Mustangs men's basketball team. Please welcome
1: Coach James Barrett. Hey, what's up, Dave? Appreciate you having me on today. Thanks
0: for coming on, Coach. Appreciate having you here. Um, let's uh, let's just jump right in here. You uh, obviously were, are the assistant coach with the men's basketball team at Monroe. You were with us. Your first season was 2019-20. You know, obviously a memorable season last year uh, one that was unfortunately cut short but we will get into that very quickly um, also you're the founder and CEO of unsigned hype unlimited and the unsigned hype senior games and I really want to talk about that um, you know helping a lot of young athletes in this area get recruited find their ways into scholarships and you know some of them even reaching the highest level of basketball so you know a lot of, a lot of things we want to talk about a lot of things we want to get into but first you know let's jump right into Monroe um, you know, of course, you would have been heading into your ses- second season this year. 2020, 21 would have been year two for you. But unfortunately, that year is not happening for the Monroe Men's basketball team and most schools in our area, really. Um, unfortunately, the, the COVID 19 pandemic is still going on and we're not having a winter season right now. But 2019, 20 was a really memorable year for the Mustangs. Went 24 20- 9 overall, made a good run to win the uh, Region 15 championship. That was a tough one, beating Harkin College down in Pennsylvania, a really fun game, and eventually winning the East District itself, um, which is something that evaded the team for a couple of years before this past season. And mm-hmm. then, as we know, winning the East District, we qualified for the NJCAA Men's Basketball Championship Tournament, but we had to, of course, bow out of that right before it began, and then the whole tournament itself got canceled. So yeah. your first season with Monroe, what were some of your favorite experiences this past year?
1: Um, I want to say starting off like first, just being able to come and coach with Coach Bruce That you know, I've, I've heard so many, you know, great things about him in the past and just looking at his record and, you know, looking at some of the things that he's done, you know, here at Monroe, it's been, it's, it was a great opportunity to even be picked, you know, to, to be a part of his staff, you know, in this area is a lot, there are a lot of good coaches just pretty much around the country. So. You know, to have the opportunity to come in and coach for Coach Brewster—that was first and foremost, you know, the best part. Um, and then, secondly, with the team that we had, we had—we only had three returners um, that came back um, on that team last year. With Juan, it was Ron, um, Zion, and and Eli. So, with those three guys, we pretty much had a whole new group of guys, and had to get those guys to step into leadership roles and you know, eventually get us to the national tournament. So it was definitely at at parts during the season, we had some struggles where I want to say at one point we were 15 and maybe 15 and nine, and then we won our last nine games to finish out the season 24 and nine. Um, I think that was like a great part of it. I think the toughest part was having to explain to the guys and, you know, talk to them about not being able to go and compete at Hutch because Normally at Hutch, you get there and it's maybe two or 300 Division One coaches. And a lot of the guys that come to junior college come here because they want to move on to the four-year level and, and get seen by these guys. So for them to work as hard as they did, you know, throughout the season, you know, through our ups and downs and actually make it there, you know, to the national tournament and then not have a chance to play, you know, that was disheartening you know, for for all of us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And unfortunately, a theme throughout the first 20 or so episodes of this show has been what happened when the COVID-19 pandemic first hit and canceled a lot of our seasons. So yeah, it's something we have to talk about. It's just the reality of the world. But, it, you know, obviously, it was incredibly upsetting having to, of course, make that decision and then the NJCAA having to make the ultimate decision just to not have the tournament as well our women's basketball team had the same result as well. You know, they qualify, they didn't get to go. And then of course, all of our spring sports just barely got off the ground before they had to stop their seasons as well. So again, just the reality of the past year, but you know, going back to the 2019, 20 season, like you said, you know, there were some hiccups along the way. I know some of those uh, long trips were tough on the team, but uh, you know, when you're going down to Florida and Kansas and playing all these really good teams, it's obviously a really good experience for a lot of the guys. So, you know, what would you say is maybe, uh, like one or two really notable experiences from your first year with Monroe?
1: Um, Just the, the chance to play against some of these Division II junior colleges, like in the area, because a lot of times, you know, people knock Monroe by saying, we don't have as good of a schedule in which we did go out to play Barn and Hutch, you know, in Kansas, and we did go to Florida and play Tallahassee and Gulf Coast and, you know, Pensacola, some of the premier schools in that area, but a lot of the division two schools in this area are really, really good. You know, some of the kids that go to those schools are definitely good enough to play here in Monroe and at a lot of junior colleges, you know, around the country. So I feel like we kind of get a little knock on our conference, but we play against so much talent because there's just so many people in New York. It's we, we have 20 million people in the state, you know? So it's like a, another town may have you know, a small amount, but we have just so many people just in a small area, you know, that these kids are talented and they are going to other places and we are, we, we have to play against them, you know, so our schedule one is a lot tougher than what people may, may seem and, and here Monroe's a four-year school, you know, so it's not your typical junior colleges. So we have, we have all the resources that you need academically, which I was very impressed with. You know, we have so many tutors where they all have 4.0 GPAs working in our academic center. So it's just so many things here that really, you know, made me really enjoy, you know, just the process of being here and it's a family environment. So my my thing was just being accepted right away by the other staff and, you know, and being accepted, you know, throughout the, the Monroe community. So it's been great for me, you know, from the day I stepped on campus.
0: Of course, it's great to hear. And yeah, I do want to mention that, you know, like you said, the schedule may not seem as tough as it actually is, but I think a lot of people forget that, you know, the the difference between division one and division two and three at the NJCAA level is not the same as it is in the NCAA, where a lot of students are playing for their local community colleges that are not necessarily division one, but you get a lot of high level talent just from where, you know, just from that local area that just wanted to stay at home for a couple more years and they really showed off. And it really, it really shows too, because you see a lot of those Division Two, II, Division Three athletes still go into Division One schools once they yes. finish their year or two at, in JUCO. So, you know, we've really seen we've had, we've seen a lot of really strong athletes come through the MAC that yeah. are not necessarily Division One NJCAA players, but they get to that next level and they they're you know they're very notable. So that's mm-hmm. always one thing to note when when people look at our schedule. It's just because we don't have many Division One teams in our area it doesn't mean we're not playing quality opponents.
1: Yes, I agree with you,
0: but. You know, I think there was a lot of hype for this team going into this season, the 2020-21 season. And, you know, I know we had a couple big recruits that I know that you and Coach Brewstad were really happy to, to land. And we're, we're getting excited to see them on the court here. And, of course, it didn't happen. But what were some of the things that you were most excited about before we knew the season wasn't going to happen?
1: Um, I was most excited with our team camaraderie ship. Sure. And we had, we, we got the kid Melvin Council. We kind of recruited him pretty late. And I want to say the first day we had a guy that was kind of lagging and he was behind, you know, while we were running. And Melvin took it upon himself, you know, to finish out the run, you know, with that guy. And when he finished the run, the rest of the team got up and they did the exact same thing. So that that was our second day, you know, so to start off our second day and have guys who, you know, cared that much about each other and other people that they would go out there and run extra but somebody that they barely knew, you know, that was definitely a highlight. And, you know, we had no issues with it being COVID. The kids spent a lot of time, you know, in the dorm, but having a quarantine, you know, with first coming in and different things like that. And they made it through those challenges. And we had some pretty good practices before we couldn't really, before we found out there wasn't going to be a season, but we had like a big transfer with Rostick and you know, Hamdel Muhammad and, and Melvin Council and those guys all coming in with with our returners and Julio and Lewis and, and those guys, Luca, that were coming back, I felt like we we had a really like we had a really good chance to either repeat, you know, and even do better than we did last year, you know, record-wise. So we were really excited about this year. And the fact that we couldn't play, you know, is is definitely a challenge because I had to look back and I was said since I was 11 years old in December and January I've been competing in basketball you know whether it be playing at a younger age or coaching today so not doing those things at this point in time and just having workouts you know it's definitely been a change and and a challenge but you know in life things are going to happen so it's just about how we respond to those things and I think our guys have done a good job of you know getting in the gym now and you know, really working hard and just working toward next season. So, you know, it's been it's been good with this group. And, you know, I'm excited that we even have these guys.
0: Of course, I haven't been around, especially not around as much of uh, the team as much as you have. And you have know, and Coach Bruce that has. So you guys know these players a lot better than I do. And, you know, unfortunately for some some of them, I didn't even get to see them in person yet. So um, I, I just know from the things I heard, I was very excited for what the season was supposed to be. And. I know just one thing that's been a common theme for me throughout the last few months is that, you know, I'm looking at my phone and seeing all the memories from last year or looking at our Monroe Mustangs accounts and seeing the memories from last year the year before. And I'm looking at at it and seeing around this time last year, you know, we were having our preseason tournament and then, you know, around this time is opening night for us. And then this is when the team usually goes on its first trip of the year. And it's been really, it's been really challenging to kind of deal with, you know, what, what we're used to just not being there anymore. You know, even I've just, having been in sports information, athletic communications for, you know, basically 10 years at this point uh, I got used to a kind of certain timeline and it's just not there right now. So, uh, you know, I'm sure it's even double time for the athletes that are used to like, this is when everything ramps up. This is when we're in mid season form and this is usually when we're getting ready for the playoffs. And right now we'd be right, right there in the thick of that uh, getting ready for the postseason. So, um, you know, unfortunately, again, like I said, it's just the reality of what we're dealing with right now, but um, you know, I again I don't know as much about the team as you do, so you'll be more insightful on this, but whenever we do return to play, and hopefully it's a full season next year, things are back to what we're used to, what are some of the things you're going to be most looking forward to then?
1: Man, just competing. Just competing every day with with a goal. Like right now our goal yeah. is it's kind of different because we're we're pretty much pre- preparing as though say it's like August or July. You know, and we're doing that in in February, you know, so it's kind of it's a little different, not you know, practicing and gearing up for games and and different things like that. So kind of keeping guys motivated and just having them understand, you know, even though we're six months away, you know, from a, a possible game, even longer than that, you know, almost seven, eight months away, you know, that you're doing this for a purpose and and this, this is why we're doing it. And I think that we have a great, we just really have a great group of guys. I don't think that we could have had a, a better group of guys for this time period and what's actually going on. Um, we sat down with all our guys and we, we spoke to them about them, even possibly like going to different schools and where they can go and compete right away. And everybody wanted to stay. You know, I don't know if that's a testament to who is really a testament to, is it a testament to the guys or, you know, the coaching staff or just you know, the school in general, for those guys to be comfortable enough to want to stay here and, you know, continue the education. But we, we were happy, you know, whatever decision the guys would have made and, and they all chose to stay. So, you know, guys have been in the gym going hard and, you know, I'm just excited to see like some of the progress that guys are making right now. And I don't know if we would have had as much time to put as much work in, you know, if we did have a season going on individually. So I'm I'm excited for this time, and right now we're just making the best of it.
0: I had Coach Bruce out on the show a couple months ago, and this was before we knew. You know, at that time, I think we were expecting a late January, early February start to the season, and mm-hmm. we're still, you know, we were still working towards having that season. I think we were about to wrap up the uh, fall practices. It was probably a little bit before Thanksgiving, if I remember correctly, and it was kind of what you were saying there just a couple months ago that you know we're we're preparing for a season starting in a different timeline. We have a little extra time. So still so kind of trying to figure out how you prepare for a later season when everyone's used to a certain timeline, like this is when we do this. And this is when we do that. So mm-hmm. um, it, it is interesting to hear now a few months later, how now it's the same thing again, but you're kind of, you know, it's almost like it's summertime for you guys heading into a new season, but you have to spread that out over six, seven months. So um, again, it's, it's, it's always interesting to hear just how coaches are dealing with it. And I'm sure, a lot of schools are doing it differently. And, you know, luckily for some schools, they are able to compete right now, but, you know, we'll be, you know, we'll be double time ready, hopefully for next year, uh, when it comes around. Um, but, you know, one, one thing I was wondering and I haven't heard this story actually is, um, you know, you mentioned that you'd heard about coach Bruce that before, and it was, it's great to you know come on board and work with him, but when did the two of you first actually come across each other and uh, how did, how did that eventually lead to you coming on board at Monroe?
1: Um, so I initially, um, Met Corner when he was an assistant um, for Coach Brewstead and he would come out to unsigned Hype senior games. And he actually, I want to say the first one that I had, he recruited Tom Rivera that played at Monroe and then went on to play at Maryland Eastern Shore. So then I would see Coach Brewster kind of come out, you know, year after year and come to Unsign Hype, but we didn't really talk a lot. Because if anybody knows Coach Brewster, like he, he likes to communicate and, and with, with different people. But if he doesn't know you, he kind of stays to himself. So he kind of would just kind of stay to himself and Dana would do a lot of the talking, you know, but then over the years, we would just start to talk here and there. And um, I got a phone call from from Ricky Johns, who's an assistant at um, Iona. And he told me about the position at Monroe and he pretty much kind of put it together. And I came up and I met with Jeff and, you know, it's, it's been history from there, you know, we, we got a chance to coach together and, you know, make it to the national tournament in the first year, which is very difficult. And, you know, when I came in, he he gave me, like, he trusted, you know, some of the things that, you know, I brought to the table and it was, it was a very easy transition, you know, to come into Monroe. He was kind of like, all right, go ahead and speak up. Like, I don't mind if you say this or, or do this, like, you know, I know that you can coach and it's been like that from day one. And, you know, that's, it's been great.
0: You know, as I mentioned earlier, coach Bruce, that was, you know, when he, when he first told me that you were coming on board and he was kind of passing along your information, he did tell me how excited he was to have you on board and some of your experiences. And then I know the first time I even saw you, you know, the first time I was at a practice or as we were getting ready for some of our first games, I remember you just being very comfortable with everyone already. And, um, you know, it looked like you'd been here for years. So, Uh, you you know, I think you you definitely acclimated yourself well early on in those first few months with us. Um, Mm -hmm. But (laughs) I want to, uh, I want to go very far back now. Of course, we're going to talk about Unsigned Hype, and that's going to be a lot to talk about. But I want to talk about where basketball began for you. Um, What were what are some of your earliest lifetime memories of basketball? And uh, then let's talk about, you know, your playing days and working your way through high school and everything at that time.
1: Yeah, so basketball started for me at a at a YMCA in, <laughs> in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. And um, I pretty much started there, I was 11 years old and I was, I was pretty tall for my age and they, they forced me to play. You know, I wasn't really a fan of basketball. I started off playing baseball and, you know, they pretty much hunted me down to play. And it was just like, I'm like, man, if I don't, they were like, man, we better not see you just walking around and you miss the game because I would miss all my basketball games on the weekends to go and play baseball. Cause I'm like, I'd rather go hit a home run than get on the basketball court and score two points because all the guards never passed the post players. You know, so that's kind of where it started. And then from there, I just continued to improve. And I wound up getting um, a scholarship to Bishop Lachlan and I started my playing career there in high school. And I moved on and played a prep school at Milford Academy. And then I finished off my senior year at Lincoln High School and we won a state championship. So just getting an opportunity to play for coaches like Ted Gustis, who are one day, he's one of the best coaches to ever coach in New York City. And, you know, to coach to play for Tiny Morton, who's gonna be a Hall of Fame coach, you know, probably should be a Hall of Fame coach right now. You know, he's won more championships than anybody else, you know, probably ever will. And a, and a PSAL, so, you know, just being around those, those people and, you know, understanding a winning mentality and understand what it takes to, you know, pretty much be an everyday guy and, and win. And it takes every single day. And then in college, you know, I went to junior college in, in West Texas at, at Barstow, at first at Barstow Community College in California I stayed there a year and then I did two years at Howard College where I played for Coach Mark Adams who's the associate head coach at Texas Tech right now. And in those two years at Howard, I want to say we were 62 and eight. And then I went on to Sam Houston State for two years and we won 20 games both seasons. So I've just never really been around a program where we lost. So it's just kind of just getting the guys just getting guys mentally prepared, you know, to be winners and the things that it takes. because it takes every single player, you know, every academic advisor, you know, the athletic directors, the coaches, it takes everybody, you know, to to have a winning program. And and that's kind of what stuck out to me through my years of playing basketball and kind of led up to, you know, where I am today.
0: I think it helps too that you're now coaching at the JUCO level. You've had experience coaching the JUCO level too, but that you were you know a junior college player yourself before moving on to the NCAA Division One level. So, what was it like for you, just you know, getting experience at the JUCO level before moving on and, and continuing your collegiate career at the next level?
1: Um, at junior college, I really didn't I didn't know I really didn't know what was going on. I just knew that I just wanted to play basketball in college. And junior college is just where I it up. But once I got there, I understood that I had to to continue on and play Division One. It was things that I had to do. And I had some good coaches when I got to Howard, where I had coach Mark Adams and, and Jason Solder, And those guys really pushed me, you know, and I just got to the point to where like being a Division One player wasn't even really the goal. Like our goal was just team goals. You know, we just wanted to be the best team that we could possibly be. And, you know, by us doing that, you know, we worked hard. Like we put in the extra time, we stay out to practice and shoot. Um, I would go out and I would go and swim at the, at the local YMCA just to get stronger and be in better condition. Like we just all did a bunch of different things and we held each other accountable. And, you know, I went on to play division one because of those things because of my teammates, it, it wasn't so much of me, it was my teammates, they always held me accountable, because they wanted to win, we all just wanted to win, so, you know, I think that's some, that's the reason that I went to Division One more so than just my talent.
0: You know, it's actually, it's funny, because just having talked to some recent alumni recently, and other coaches as well, the experience that I, I've heard from a lot of the guys saying that You know, they went to a JUCO, and then they moved on to a Division One school, and and whatever they did after that, that, you know, when you're at the high school level, a lot of times what you want to do is get yourself recruited, and it -hmm. should be the same at the JUCO level too, because you're trying to find that next opportunity. But a lot of the athletes, especially ones that have come through Monroe, have said that you know they got here thinking maybe this is this is where I'm gonna take the next step, but that it really became like a family and team oriented mentality. So, I mean, it's cool to hear that that actually is, it's a, it's a mentality that, um, you know, goes farther back than you know, the last few years and just goes beyond Monroe. So, um, you know, it's another thing too, is that I know over the last few years, they've been trying to eliminate that stigma of what junior college is, And just from my experiences, the last few years as well, it really sounds like, you know, it's, it's, it's not what a lot of people make it out to be. It's always, you know, it's a, it's a great experience. There's so many good athletes that, Come through those levels. I mean, that, that make it to the professional levels. You know, now the NJCAA is seeing guys uh, get drafted in the NBA draft. They come straight from the NJCAA. So, um, yeah. you know, it's it's really it, it's it's really been it's a, you know more than just a stepping stone. Is basically the the just that I've been getting from it. Obviously, I'm experiencing it myself now. But um, just a lot of the athletes just loving the competition at this level and um, you know learning how to become better students and everything it takes. You know, to really get you to the next level is and uh, all the friends they've made. And I, I could go on about the experiences I've heard from all the other athletes. You know, if, if you're listening right now, you can go back in our archives, listen to some of the recent athletes because uh, they have some really good stories about all the friends they made and the experiences and just, you know, how they, they felt like family at Monroe and wherever else they were. Monroe Mustangs is sponsored by the Monroe Mustang Sideline Store, powered by our apparel partners at BSN Sports. Whether you're looking for t-shirts, hats, jackets or accessories, the Monroe Mustang Sideline Store has it all. Gear up with the new Monroe Mustangs logo and make it your own with hundreds of customizable options including sports specific designs. For the month of February, you can take 20% off all orders of $80 or more when you use the promo code FEB21, that's F-E-B-2-1. Visit MonroeCollegeMustangs.com slash shop to look your best as you cheer on the Mustangs. So after after your playing days, when when was it that you knew that you wanted to be a coach and when was it that you first did get into coaching?
1: Okay, so I got into coaching probably in like 2000, 2008. I was working at a facility for, for kids who they pretty much were like on the verge of either going to jail or they had been to jail and then they put them in this facility. As like almost like a halfway house. Like if you do well here, you go home. If you don't, you go back to jail. So I kind of I was working there part time, and you know it was a new athletic director that came in by the name of Toby Hendricks, and he he just asked me. He's like, hey, I know you play basketball, at Sam Houston. Why don't you come here and you know just help out? You know, so I helped him out for like a week, and then one day he came to me. He's like, hey. Why don't you he said, do you mind um just being a head coach because I've been really busy and I'm like, this guy kind of set me up for this? And and that's when I got my first experience. And and then after that, um, I went over to Sam Houston. I was the student assistant and coach Alvin Brooks, who's who started um the organization Be Ready. He's also the assistant coach at Baylor right now, and he he pretty much I just watched him every day. I was in the office, I would watch him. I also was in the office with Will Weaver, who's the assistant coach at the Houston Rockets. And we were like all at Sam Houston together. And, you know, I'm like, let me watch these guys. Let me see what they're doing. And, you know, I'm like, their job isn't that hard. I'm like, all oh, you know, AB does is just talk on the phone all day. I'm like, I could do that easily. Talk about basketball and, you know, call people on the phone and talk to them. I could easily do that job. So that's kind of where, where it started. And Coach Hu, who's the the head coach of Sam Houston now, he would invite me in. And, you know, one of the most memorable moments for me was we were sitting in in, the office. We were sitting in the locker room at halftime. And he asked me, he's like, we were playing against um, Cleveland State and they had Norris Cole at the time who won the championship with the Miami Heat. And he he said, um, James, what do you think? Like, what do you think we should do? And I'm looking like, you asking me? And I think that's kind of where I really sort of like the value that I could actually bring to a program um, was, that, was that day. And, you know, just being, like I said, being around winners and being around, you know, people that really enjoy the game and, and people who, you know, push themselves to be better because I've seen nothing but growth from all those guys. And, you know, I've just been blessed to be in, you know, the right situations and around the right people.
0: And along the way, I know you've made a number of different stops at all different levels, the AAU, uh, even in the PSAL, I believe uh, you did go back and coach at Lincoln High School, if I'm not mistaken. And it's a notable place because, I mean, I remember recognizing that when I was younger from ESPN because they were talking about Stephon Marbury and his cousin, Sebastian Telfair and Lance Stevenson. And then, of course, a a player that you coached who's Isaiah Whitehead, who is a notable name as well, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, all went through there. But you know, eventually right before Monroe, you were at Seward County Community College, which is another big JUCO program. Um, and that team went to the NJCAA tournament the year that you were there. Um, you know, beating some big teams too. Uh, I know Region Six is a very tough one to get through. Uh so um, you know, obviously you brought a lot of experience when you before you came to Monroe. And um what I what I do wanna know is that you got, you know, obviously the coaching experience is there, but um and and now you told me a story that i hadn't heard before about your kind of your first coaching gig and how you were helping a lot of you know maybe troubled athletes that were trying to find their way in the world Mm -hmm. and now it kind of makes a little more sense uh what you're doing right now also with unsigned hype unlimited and the unsigned hype senior games so um tell me all about that you know i i think it comes it'll come out of your mouth better than it'll come out of mine so what are are those two two um establishments all about and how did they first come about
1: okay so i had a I had a mentor pretty much growing up since middle school, his name is Troy Gaskin. And he pretty much kind of helped lead me into college and, and helped me pick a college. And, you know, he was one person, you know, and I, it was a couple of other kids that he helped as well. And I kind of looked at that and said, man, this is something that, you know, I eventually wanted to do. kind of help kids move on and, you know, be in a, the best possible situation. And the school that he had helped me go to was Barstow. And it wasn't a great fit for me personally, you know? So I said to myself, instead of, you know, putting guys in a situation, just placing them at a school, you know, let me work on having, putting together a platform where the coaches could come out and then see who makes sense for their program, because there's no way possible for us as one person to go out and, know exactly where the kids may fit, you know, not only basketball wise, but even personality wise with the coaches. So that was one of the reasons, the first two kids that I've ever sent to junior college was Jabari Peters, who who went on and played at Sam Houston State after playing at Seward County and Edson Avila, who went and played at Seward County and went to the national tournament there for two years, two years in a row. So those two guys were the first guys that you know, made me really want to start Unsigned hype. And, you know, after we won a championship, we won a city championship at Lincoln. Um, I spoke to Tiny and I'm like, I think this is probably be a good time to talk to Tiny, get some uniforms. Being that, you know, I helped recruit some guys for us to, you know, win the championship at Lincoln. And he gave me some uniforms, some underarm uniforms, and that was that was all she wrote from there. And
0: of course, there's been a lot of notable names that you know, both under your coaching tree and, um, and have gone through unsigned hype. I mean, especially unsigned hype, the name that's most familiar right now, I'd say, especially in our area is OB Toppin, who was a local kid. He, he did come through that system. You got to know him well, um, you go right, on the, right on that website of yours. And he's right there front and center. And <laughs> of course that name sounds most familiar, not just because of him playing at Dayton the past few years, but because he was the New York Knicks, Eighth overall pick in the 2020 NBA draft. So, uh, I've, you know, you've had other a lot of other notable names. Um, you know, you can see again a, a list of alumni on that website. You sent me a lot of the notable ones earlier today too. Um, you know, you have players that have been to a lot of you know going to a lot of big Division one schools and um, you know helping also recruit for some of the local ones. You know, you have uh, some of the ones that you sent me earlier today, Isaiah Dees, who plays for LaSalle. I, excuse mm-hmm. me if I say any of the names wrong. Um, Omar silverio playing at Hofstra. Ryan Preston and DeVale Johnson. Sorry, again, if I get that right, Mm -hmm. uh, playing for Rhode Island. And then you mentioned uh, Tom Rivera, who went to Monroe, and then University of Maryland Eastern Shore. And then also just some notable names I want to throw out there too, as well as are just that you've coached in other ways as well. Um, Isaiah Cousins, who was drafted by the Jazz in 2016, uh, the Utah Jazz. Isaiah Whitehead, who we mentioned before, who played for the Nets as well, um, also drafted 2016. Uh, Hamadou Diallo, who's playing for the Oklahoma City Thunder right now. Uh, Jordan Nora, also he's playing for the Milwaukee Bucks. And then a couple other pros were uh, Raul Alkins, played for the Bulls, I believe. And then mm-hmm. Jaleel Tripp, who is in the Grizzlies organization right now as well. So a lot of notable names that have, uh, you know, can can credit some some of what they're doing right now, at least to things that you've helped them with. So. Uh, I, I'd say, you know, that's a that's a really good list to, to put together there. Um so what are what are some of the more notable events that you've put together with, you know, the unsigned hype senior games? You know, what are some of the some of the memories that you'd wanna let people know about or some of the experiences that uh you think are most notable that have happened for you with, with that, especially over the last few years?
1: Um, so one of the biggest things like when I thought about when I thought about unsigned hype, I mainly thought about just guys like just playing in the showcase and then just getting a scholarship to maybe a junior college or something like that. I really didn't think too deep into it. I was just like, hey, you know, they're in high school, they're transitioning from high school to, to junior college or maybe some of them guys play D1 right away. And I'm just like, just getting to college. But then as the years went on, you know, guys started to graduate junior college. And then they started to graduate four-year schools. And then they started like becoming professional athletes. And I'm like, whoa, this is a little bit, you know, different than what I was thinking of initially. It got it got bigger like really, really fast. And you know, the thing that I'm most excited about with Unsign Hype is just the kids graduating and getting degrees. And I felt like, you know, with me being one person and being able to help so many kids go to college. I always thought, imagine if I could get at least 10 to 20 of those guys to come back and do the same thing. And, you know, we we'll have a bunch of people just around New York City and, you know, other areas that really had people that they could talk to with those experiences as well. So that was like my biggest thing. Maybe we get a couple guys to come back and help and give back to the kids that are, that are growing up and doing things today. And. You know, we've been able to do that. And, you know, it's been great to kind of see those guys because some of them come back. They come back and they and they support the other kids who play on on hype. And, you know, I'm just excited to see that, more so than anything. Any more so than any other accomplishments, you know, on the basketball course, guys have won championships on every level, division one, division two, you know, NAIA, division three. You know, so many different levels, and now with Obi going to the NBA, that's been very, very, you know, that's that's I'm beyond, you know, proud of, you know, the things that Obi's been able to accomplish, and other guys as well.
0: I remember, especially with Obi, just even a, a year ago, basically. I know that when I first started learning about what you were doing with Unsigned Hype, that that was a name that stood out. Obviously, he was making waves across the country with what he was doing at Dayton last year, and then for him to end up with the Knicks is just, you know, it's a heck of a story, of course. But, nice. um, I knew once I, when I was watching the draft and I saw his name called, I mean, I'm a Knicks fan. So it's cool to see, especially a local kid like that, that, you know, is hopefully going to be a, a Nick for years to come and make a big impact to this team and help them finally turn things around. Nice. Um, I knew that you were somebody that was going to be incredibly hyped about it because of everything that, you know, everything you talked about, about him, everything you've done with him that, um, so I thought just, when I heard his name, it was not only just as a Knicks fan was I excited, but also knowing you, I knew that would be a very exciting moment for you as well. So that was just, you know, made the experience that much better, of course. But um, when it comes to unsigned hype and you helping a lot of kids, you know, find their way to college, um, what are some of the things you look for and how do you find some of the athletes and how do they really get on your radar before you end up working with them?
1: Um, So it's pretty much like a team of guys we have, like with, with Tippy Materna and, um Adrian Ullman and, you know, a couple of the guys that that we have that kind of go out and scout talent. And, you know, a lot of people call me throughout the year and, you know, they may tell me about guys and I'll go check, check them out. And, you know, when I coached at Lincoln, you know, we played against a lot of the talent in the city. So I either got a chance to coach against a lot of guys or, you know, just kind of see them, see them throughout the year, maybe playing in a tournament or something that we played in. So... I pretty much kind of go after guys who, because in the past when I signed seeing games, we only had 40 spots. So it was like a big thing of going and, and recruiting guys to play in the event that were recruitable. You know, because a lot of times, like, you can, you can go as a college coach and go watch a group of guys, maybe like 100 guys in the gym at one time, but if those guys aren't recruitable, if they aren't good people, if they aren't you know, good teammates, if they haven't been coached, if they haven't been in programs that are used to winning, like those are things that are going to hinder them when they make it to the co- collegiate level. And then some of those guys get sent home, you know? So I wanted to put together a group of guys and kind of do, you know, half of the work that the four, that the junior colleges or four-year schools kind of had to do. And, and that's that's been my thing. Let me go out and get recruitable guys and guys that are are gonna have a real opportunity to be successful, you know, on a collegiate level. So that's kind of that's what my mindset was um, coming in. And now with the pandemic going on, it's a little bit different. You know, I'll probably have more kids in my showcase because I feel like more kids, they actually need help. You know, more kids need help now than I feel like they did in the past. Um, I was always big on helping a guy that nobody was helping. Um In New York City, a lot of times it's easy for you know people to try to attach themselves to like the guys that are going Division one, but I don't feel like a lot of the guys that have the talent to go division one they they don't really need as much help. It's the guys who may be kind of right under them, like the guys who may be ranked maybe not in the top one hundred, but you know like below those them that really need help and you know getting a little push or just having a platform to to show, to show their talent. So that's kind of, you know, why the event started and, and what I look for in like some of the players. Um, and to touch on with the Obi Toppin situation, like Obi, um, Obi was, was one of the kids that Tippy recommended and Obi, I grew, I grew up with his father, like his father grew up around me. So that same YMCA that I was talking about that I started at and Williamsburg, Winsburg, right around the corner for Busher Projects, um, I played against Obi's father all the time. So he was somebody that you know I looked up to as a kid. Um, when I would go into the gym and go and compete, and he would bring his, him and his wife would bring Obi in the stroller. Obi and in, and in their other son Jacob, who plays at Kentucky right now, they would push them in the Y and in the stroller, and they would watch big Obie play and it's just like it's just amazing to me because like Obi's the first person like from my neighborhood to go to the NBA so it's like it's, it's special it's like a special situation like everybody in our neighborhood is cheering him on so him playing in Anson Height was really a small part of why I was happy you know for Obi, I'm just happy for not only Obi but you know his family his mom and dad and you know, the people that really, you know, helped him, you know, along the journey and just the work that he put in. Cause when he played an unsigned hype, I want to say he didn't have, he didn't have any division on office. He had maybe some D2 stuff um, and some couple JUCOs. I want to say Dana told me that he was recruiting him a little bit to Monroe, you know, and obviously that didn't happen, but, you know, he, he made a good choice and going to prep school down and, um, down and I want to say it was Maryland, he went to Mount Zion and it was, it was a great situation for him, you know, and one of the guys that helped him, Vic Moreno, who was, um he went to Bishop Lockham as well. I was one of Obi's mentors throughout his process and, you know, it's been a, it's been great for him, man. To get drafted by the Knicks is almost a dream come true, you know, for Obi and, and his father because I think his father had the talent um to make it to that level, but I don't think that, he had the people around him you know the same way so he used that you know to help his son and guide him you know in the right direction and it's just been a beautiful thing for you know our neighborhood
0: that's a great story i appreciate you sharing that all because it's it's a lot of stuff i didn't know and you know um just seeing him on tv doesn't tell that entire story all the time so it's cool to have uh somebody that was so close to him that can you know tell us all that give us a little more in-depth detail about it and one thing I do want to talk about is a couple things that have happened basically since our season was ended last year um, that, you know, ways that you have been recognized. And I think a lot of things you've been talking about helps can help with that, this first one, of course, um, is that you and coach Jeff Bruce were both selected by silver waves media to be part of the 50 most impactful coaches in Juco list. And I know that was back in April and um, I remember both of you guys being excited about this list. And I remember going down that list and just seeing a lot of the schools and a lot of the names that were on this list and, you, know, you didn't really see too many coaches that were technically assistant coaches that were that made this list so um, for you to be joining coach Bruce out on that list was was very notable from you know in my opinion and from from my viewpoint so um, what do you think uh, it was that you did that helped you make this list and you know kind of put you on the national level in terms of recognition and what did it mean to make this list
1: um what did I do to make the list um, I pray <laughs> you know, a lot of prayer throughout the years and, you know, just putting myself in putting myself in the right positions and around the right people and just being a good person. I think that's the biggest thing, you know, just coming across people and for me, it's like treating the janitor, you know, the same way that I would treat the president of the school and just being a good person. I think that's kind of, you know, you can't recruit if you're not a good person, you won't get a job, you know, if you're not a good person. So. I just feel like just a testament to my mother and you know the values that she instilled in me and my grandmother and you know just to help me get to that point. So me making that list was was nice, you know it was great and I really really appreciated it. But I think it started with them and without you know those people, my mom and and, and my grandmother and my, my uncle Troy. Without them being in my life, I don't think that. You know, I even get to a point to where that's even possible. So I think it started there.
0: Of course, it's it's always always a great thing to hear. And the second thing that I wanted to talk about that was I mean potentially even more notable based on um, what I heard about it was being selected for Project Rise through JUCO Advocate. And you know, this is something that you you and I talked about it, and we we obviously shared it on our pages a couple of months ago because it was a really cool thing. But again, this is one of those where I think. You might be able to explain it better than I can. So, can you tell us all what Project Rise is and some of your experiences with that so far since it's been
1: announced? Yeah, so I was I was super excited when I got picked for Project Rise because, you know, um, Brandon Goble he only picked he only picked um, ten people, and he said he was picking like from junior college coaches to high school coaches to AAU guys. So, you know, to be to be one of the 10 that got picked throughout the whole country, you know, that was a, that I felt really, really good about that. Um, and then from there, it's, it's been great. You know, they, they paired me up, he paired me up with, um with coach Kwanzo Martin, the head coach at Missouri. And, you know, we've been talking often and we also have like a, a life coach and, and Adam Gerlock, and, you know, I get an opportunity to speak with him and, and meet with him and, you know, just kind of, help improve myself you know throughout the time so that's been it's been a great you know program with just me for just me bettering myself you know as a person and and as a coach so I think I'm I'm very joyous for for the opportunity and you know happy that Brandon picked me because he could have picked anybody obviously and you know I'm we're like kind of like in the beginning stages of it and you know, I've had some great conversations with Coach Martin and you know, he'll call me and just ask like, Hey, how you doing? Like, you know, I didn't really even want anything. I just call and check on you, and make sure you're all right. And you know, it's little small things like that, you know, where you see like this is this whole game is just so much bigger than basketball. To me, it's more so about, you know, the relationships that you make, you know, throughout the time with, you know, players, coaches you know, administration and, you know, guys like yourself, like we talk, you know, often, even though, you know, I'm not seeing you every day in the office like I would during, you know, a regular year. But, you know, it's it's mainly about the relationships and I'm getting a chance to see some of that stuff from, you know, Coach Martin. So I'm just very happy and blessed, you know, that Brandon, you know, would pick me for Project Rise. And it's been great so far. And I'm looking forward to, you know, how the rest of the program is going to, you know, turn out.
0: And of course, this being the year that it is, uh, I don't know if you were expecting when this was first announced that you wouldn't be, you know, getting to coach competitive basketball at this time. So um, all the better to have somebody to talk to during this time than uh, someone with so much experience, like you, like, like you said, and this kind of leads into what I kind of, what I want to wrap up with today, which is that, you know, while we're very limited in what we can do right now, you know, um, even when our, our players get back on the court, it's just going to be some limited practices and, Having to continue doing, you know, all the social distancing and all the COVID protocols. Um, what are some things that you have been doing lately? I know you and I have talked about this a little bit off the air, but um, some things that you've been doing to help improve yourself, help improve your projects and your websites, and just things that you've been doing to, you know, take the next step in this time—not time off, but you know, in time when things are a little bit slower right now.
1: Um. So throughout the throughout the quarantine period, I want to say like maybe April last year, I had started. Um, just getting on a bunch of Zoom meetings, so I would go on Zoom, and I would do a lot of Instagram Live videos that I was watching. Pretty much on a lot of the Zooms, we we would sit there and listen to coaches, you know, at four-year schools, and they would just talk about their stories and you know different things that they had to pretty much go through to get to the points to where they were today. And it's it was just like amazing to kind of see everybody and and listen to them speak, you know, from coaches like Shaka Smart to Bruce Weber to, like just so many notable names. Like I can't even, I don't even want to single anybody out and just but like, those guys, like just listening to them speak and like, wow, like you guys went through the same thing and y'all made like Shaka Smart, I didn't know he played like a, a division three, you know? So it was like little small things that I learned and I seen that these guys made it through those situations, so. You know, it really helped me from X's and O's and hearing about, you know, how coaches started their programs and, you know, some of the things that they look for in recruitment and, you know, just people. It kind of gave me a different outlook on, you know, how my approach should be, you know, whether it came to recruiting or dealing with administration or understanding that I needed to get to know different people and, and step outside of myself and, you know, and really make a push for, you know, just, Having people know who I am you know as a person and, and building a rapport you know around campus that was that was huge for me and um you know just a lot of, a lot of zooms and I just I don't even know how many zooms that I have been on. It's like I had to be on at least 100 zooms since March, and I've just been watching watching and interacting with people and networking and you know building relationships and that's been that's been great. And I I still look forward to, you know, doing more and just learning more. I just, I just know that you cannot stop learning in this game. And, you know, I spoke to coaches who had businesses outside of coaching and just different things and it's very important. So it was great to kind of be on those Zooms and to take the time to really, to really have the time to do it. Because normally in a regular year, we wouldn't have this type of time, you know, to do different things. But you know, I've also been working on like some graphic design and making flyers and video highlights and you know, a lot of the stuff that the guys like, you know, throughout recruiting and here at the Junior college level, you know, I can't bombard you, you know, with us having football and soccer and so many different sports. I say instead of me calling Dave to ask him to do all these small things, let me see if I could find out, you know, how to do some of those things on my own. So I've been, you know, working on some of that stuff and you know, I think it's, it's helped, you know, with recruitment and kind of getting Monroe out there and getting us some hype out there and, you know, different things. So, you know, I'm excited about, you know, it's, it's been a, it's been like a, um, a gift and a curse not playing. Um, the gift of it is I've had some time to kind of slow down and, you know, find out, self-reflect and see some of the things that I probably need to work on as a coach and as a person. And then, The bad part about it is just not being able to compete, you know, so it's just kind of turning the negatives into positives and, you know, working forward from there.
0: Of course, all that I think is just a great lesson for everyone to hear, Um, you know, just taking all this time, which is, it's been almost a year that we've been doing this and, you know, doing everything you can to get your name out there and do what you're doing better. And, you know, of course, like you mentioned, you know, making yourself do a better job for unsigned hype as well. the one thing that was notable that you and I discussed recently was how you just started jumping into graphic design. Um, I just remember a couple of weeks ago, even a couple of months ago, even just, um, seeing that you were posting stuff on, on your social media pages. And I was like, where did this come from? Who did he hire? And then you told me a few days ago that it was you doing it yourself. So I think it's awesome. Um, and I remember you talking to me a few months ago, trying to see if we could, if I could help you out with some of those things. And then just to see that you've kind of jumped right in and did it on your own is, uh, it's admirable, you know, to say the least I'd say. Okay. So, um, you know, it, it, um, it obviously helped me too. Cause um, you know, you were trying to get me to do things and I, I didn't necessarily say I didn't have the time for you to do it. I was, I was happy to help. And then all of a sudden you weren't asking anymore and there it was. So uh, it's, it's, it's really cool to see that. So, but coach, I want to thank you um, for taking the time today. Uh, I think it's, you know, it's been great. Um, I really like hearing about unsigned hype and everything you've been doing. And obviously I'm, I'm looking forward to uh, you bringing some of the knowledge you've gained over the last year to the court for a lot of our guys, whenever it is that we, get to back, that we get back to work and uh, you know, hopefully you and I are working in the same building again sometime soon. Yes. Um, what are, before, before we head out of here, what are some places that you may want some people to follow you or uh, where can they see more about Unsigned Hype?
1: Um, so you can follow me on Instagram at Unsigned Hype Unlimited, on Twitter at, at UH Unlimited and at the website at www.unsignedhypeunlimited.com. Um, you can find me on there. I'll, I'll answer back. Um, if you DM me or, you know, leave me a, a message or an email, you know, through the website, um, you know, I respond back all the time. So those are the places where they can definitely find that out. And then on the Monroe website, the Monroe Mustangs MBB, you know, on Instagram, you know, for basketball updates for Monroe College.
0: I can certainly say from seeing it over the last few months that those unsigned hype pages are definitely growing recently. And Now that you're working on more graphics for it, I think it's going to be even better soon. So uh, yeah, definitely. Everyone give that a follow. Um, Of course you could follow our pages um, at, at Monroe Mustangs on Instagram at Monroe underscore Mustangs on Twitter. You can find us Monroe college Mustangs on Facebook as well. Um, For those of you listening at home, you can also watch these episodes of Monroe Mustangs on YouTube YouTube.com slash Monroe Mustangs. You can watch it on our Instagram page on IGTV every week. And also, of course, wherever you find podcasts, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever you prefer. So, everyone out there, thanks again for watching or listening. Thanks for hanging with us this week. Stay safe out there. Stay healthy. Coach, thank you again for being here. Uh, yeah. Thank you for taking the time. It's good to see you and stay safe. And hopefully, I'll see you soon.
1: You yes, too. All right. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate you. Thank-
0: of course. Appreciate you too. Thank you, everyone. we'll see you next week.